Welcome to episode 48 of the 24-Hour Hustle Show. And today, we got special guest, friendly neighborhood filmmaker, Willie James. Welcome to the 24-Hour Hustle Show. I'm your host, Anthony Freeze, and this is the show where we get the opportunity to sit down with amazing guests and find out all about their stories, their struggles, and also their success. If this is the very first time you are finding out about us, definitely make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit the bell so that you can get notified every single time I post. But today, we got special guest Willie James on here. Um, also, he informed me that a special uh, number about the number 48, this is actually double of 24 hours, which is a fun little fact I thought was yeah. pretty cool. I wanted to throw that, that out there. We have to go two times as hard. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I like that. I like that. We're going to go two times as hard for sure. So um, definitely seen a lot of your work. I definitely admire the things that you're doing as a filmmaker, as a documentary of Pittsburgh. You definitely have been covering a lot of things in Pittsburgh. Um, if people aren't on your fan page or business page on Facebook, they definitely should get on there ASAP because you're doing a lot of great things and uh, definitely glad to have you on the show to be able to have a great conversation, find out about you know why you are doing the things that you're doing and uh, uh, hopefully be able to share some good information with the audience. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me on the show. Like this is a super cool podcast and the, the, the fact that you video every single episode, that's what I think is super dope. Mm -hmm. And like I've, I've, all, I've been an early subscriber, I've been paying attention you had all my friends on. I'm like, when do I get my chance? When do I get my chance? <laughs> right? That's true. That's true. Um, who, so who are some of those people that may have been on that you've seen? Well, you had my friend Natalie Bensavenga on here, which is uh, she's not from the Post-Gazette. Uh -huh. I love Natalie. Uh, she says hello. Uh, yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> Instagram. And uh, Sharice was on here. Uh -huh. And just, just a whole load of people. I was like, you know, I know all these people. <laughs> the, the power of uh, connection, for sure. But, um, yeah, that's awesome. But um, so for, for you, for people who may not know who you are yet, you know, kind of give us your name, your background, your story, where you grew up, and things like that, so we can let the people know. Yeah, so, like, I'm... Uh, I'm a filmmaker. I'm local. I create short documentaries um, about things that are going on around the city, and um, I like to tell community stories. And um, it was something that I started like three or four years ago, where I just started creating videos, and people started paying attention to them. So I just made more, and then it created more opportunity. And I'm like, well, obviously this is something that I should continue doing because mm -hmm. like, people keep clapping. <laughs> you know, as, right. long, as long as you have people who, who are saying, you know, I appreciate what you're doing, then you don't have like that much to worry about. And you have a lot of opportunity in that direction too. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll just keep doing this. And um, here we are today. I'm yeah. on the Anthony Freeze show. Yeah, yeah. Four hour hustle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now, do you have a background in film or, or or production? Did you go to school for it? Like, where did you develop this skill? I didn't. Um, I didn't go to the school for it. I, I didn't go to college. Um, I did do a fellowship with WQED, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and I think one of the things that really highlights, uh, you know. You know, there's certain things that you could easily miss when you go that untraditional route. And one of the things I remember is uh, with my fellowship with WQED, there's one of the producers there, Paul Ruggieri, and he has like 
30 Emmys. It's, it's like a ridiculous amount of Emmys. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he, was, he was saying how, okay, this is how you put the camera on the tripod. And I was like, in the back of my head, I know how to put a camera on a tripod. Like, come on. And then like he used the screw underneath. And then it like blew my mind because while I was doing it, I was putting the camera on. You was thinking that it would just screw yeah, on. Yeah, I was like, why isn't this like working out the way I want it to? And that's why. So you didn't learn that until I got to WQED, which is like, I think that kind of highlights. Like, you know, you, you can learn uh, a lot by going the traditional route, but also when you just go out and do it, you end up learning things in a different way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Learning by experience, by getting out there in the field, for sure. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your story. Like, where are you from? How you grew up? What are maybe some of the things that influenced you to maybe take this film route? What were some of the things that inspired you to get to this point? I grew up, so I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm from the north side, and I grew up in the state of Indiana. Um, and, uh, you know, I had... Uh, I would consider like a pretty sheltered upbringing in a way. You know, my parents were very protective of me and uh, they cared for me and they wanted to make sure uh, that I got, uh, you know, my head on right, you know, because you don't want to, there's like a lot of knuckleheads in school, you right. know, so it's like you don't, you don't want to be, uh, you know, you just want to make sure you're on the right path. And so one of the things I always love to do is like, I love to watch TV, I love to watch movies, um, I, I love Disney Channel and Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, and one of the things that I remember is like, you know, I always, always, always thought, you know, I, I want to be featured on that, like, I want to be on a TV show, you know, where people can actually watch me, like, I watched That So Raven, because I love, I love that show, that was uh -huh. such a great show, <laughs> and um, I was just, uh, I saw, uh, in in a way, I see this as like an opportunity to kind of create the show that I never had, you know, as a kid. Where it's like, okay, well, I can create my own content now. The internet is a thing, so it's like I don't I don't have to rely on like a major studio or somebody casting me, and then I get lucky, or you know, working my way up as as a, a as a, a production assistant or an intern or whatever. It's like, no, I'm just gonna create my own thing, mm -hmm. and if people want to collaborate with me, that's perfectly fine, and maybe I can create a career out of it. I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job, and I'm I'm like in the very beginning of like where I am. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of untraditional in that way, mm -hmm. and I think that's like in part, like in large part, actually. My father, he's always been like, you know, you go out there, you do your own thing, be an entrepreneur. Um, don't work for somebody else, mm -hmm. you know. So and that's been instilled in me. So I'm just like, I just stay on that route. Right, right. So was your father an entrepreneur, or have his own business, and or anything like that? Yeah, he's always been like um, super entrepreneurial. Like he, when we're when we lived in Indiana, he'd throw his own um, his own shows, his own um, hip hop events and things. Uh huh. And you know, they're really popular in Indiana. And uh, and then when they moved back to Pittsburgh, they created the Allegheny City Historic Gallery, which is a North Side um, gallery. Mm -hmm. And we had it on East Ohio Street, and you know we had I used to manage the PR for it as well. And we had have like journalists and uh, newscasters and things like that come through. And Mr. Rooney was a big fan of the uh, the um, uh, which is owner of the Steelers. Mm -hmm. um, he was a huge fan of the um, gallery before he passed away. And he had a, um, a book signing there. And he came to our first ward reunion, mm -hmm. which the first ward was actually like the area of the neighborhood where the Steelers Stadium currently is. Right. So that's what it was called. It's called the first ward. So we hosted like uh, everybody who was from there like came out to to be at this event, and uh, Mr. Rooney and his wife came through, and 
Um, General Michael Hayden, who was the director of the CIA and NSA, his his family came through. Um, he couldn't join us that day because mm. uh, I think he was probably out on some super official business or something. Right. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is. Um, so I, I've always learned, like, there's a tremendous value in doing things that are, like, unexpected um, or, uh, you know, doing things that are, that you that you personally feel like doing and sticking to your guns on that versus taking the easier route. Mm. That's awesome. So who were maybe some people that maybe motivated you or inspired you? Were anybody that were in this line of work um, that maybe inspired you to get into the film route and, and do media and things like that? I have a huge list of people okay. who are like influential and hopefully I can think of a lot of uh, them off the top of my head. So like uh, I love Seth Godin and his philosophy and the, the different things that he talks about of like having heroes versus mentors. Um, and I have a lot of heroes and Seth Godin is one of those heroes. I love watching his TED Talks. I read his books, you know, The Purple Cow and Lynchpin. And uh, he has just like a lot of books. Mm -hmm. But um, Gary Vaynerchuk, I yeah. love Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Because like he's super motivational, he's always on top of uh, his own game, and I'm just like you know if you can even have like a fraction of the success that Gary is having, and, and it's due to the fact that he's like he's actually doing what he preaches. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I love Gary for that, and the fact that he's like he he gives tremendous value in all the things that he does. Right, I l actually learn from the things that he puts out. Um, although he, sometimes he's a little much. He's just like really over the top. So uh -huh. I'm like, you know, sometimes I gotta take my break and like, okay, I'm not gonna consume this content uh -huh. right now. And then I go back to it and check in every once in a while. And then um, Casey Neistat, mm -hmm. he really helped me get into like, because like when he started, I remember before he started the vlog. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like going back one day to his YouTube page and saying, oh my God, he has like eight new movies out. Uh -huh. I'm like, what's going on? So I started watching. I was like, oh, okay, he's starting this vlog, right? And I was like, you know, these are like really well produ produced, yeah. you know, pieces of content. Like, I, I didn't understand how he was doing it. I was tuning in every single day. Like, okay, he's he hasn't dropped the ball yet. He's still going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how in the world is he telling stories in this interesting way? And, um, you know, and he really highlighted New York's culture really well. And that's not something that he's always credited with. But I think he 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 really did that. And, and he had a this great um, lifestyle. Is like uh, definitely lifestyle porn, you know, because you get to see, oh wow, you know, he he's so free, like he has he has a family, but somehow he still has like this like young lifestyle to him, where he's like you, he has his boosted board, and he's he's skating around town, and mm. uh, you know he has drones, and and all his friends are famous, and you yeah. know, all those yeah. it's like that is like a lot to to look up to, you know, when you see that, I'm like. You know, there's certain things that I could be doing that I could, I could definitely up my game on. You know, mm -hmm. watching things like that make me think. You know, I got I have a lot of things I can improve. Mm -hmm. So I try to watch people who 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 make me want to be better. Mm -hmm. And he is definitely one of those people. And there's like a there's a huge list of people who I feel like I couldn't be on the path I am right now were it not for them. You know, like. You have my parents, and then you have like some of the teachers I had growing up. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I still remember my band uh, instructor from my freshman year of high school, which was in Indiana. 
and then when I, when I moved back, I went to online school. But the, I remember the band instructor really well because, like, he just he's like struck me as such a, a loving guy. Mm -hmm. um, he really cared about like um, actually getting the performance right, and he was a little bit of a perfectionist, so he'd have us play it over and over and over and over. Right, and like. Uh, I, I I admire people who who have that amount of perfectionism and the, wanting that for their work. So it, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but I'm like that's a that's a pretty solid list of people right there. Yeah, that's awesome. And I feel like what you said based upon Casey Neistat and how he documented and doing that for New York, I feel like you are working on doing something similar with Pittsburgh, and I feel like you do a really good job of that by going out to different events and venues and kind of documenting it and doing it from your perspective behind your lens. And I feel like you do a really good job of that. And not only that, you do it, you do one of my favorite things is, and that is you do it consistently. Um, you put out a lot of things on your Facebook fan page and you put out a lot of great content and you do it consistently and I can tell you're passionate about it. So whenever you officially got to the, so when, when you got to the, point where you made your first post on and you made your first video what was actually your very first video that you put out into the world on like uh, Facebook or YouTube and uh, what was like the first thing that you worked on I think the first video ever was like on the local brewery like the first video that I officially put on my YouTube channel or Facebook page I'm pretty sure it was on the local brewery that was opening up okay and um, a lot of people I paid attention to that and I was like Hmm, you know, like one of the things that's I, that really interests me is like if you if you do a piece of content like that that's local, people who watch that content are gonna recognize you later and say, oh wow, that's the same guy who made that one video. You mm -hmm. know, so I think like the attraction of like oh well, if I do this, people will pay attention to this. Maybe they'll pay attention to the next one, and then like continuing that 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 always appealed to me. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I was like, you know, it's one thing to be like a worldwide celebrity, and very few people actually get the shot at doing that. But when you create, when you're creating content that's local, you have you have the opportunity to be a local celebrity. I feel like the barrier to entry to that is actually kind of low, because it's just like, hey, you know, you're doing something for us, you're documenting something that's important to us. Um, you know, I like the things that you're saying, I'll follow you. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's such a small community. Most people in Pittsburgh are already separated by like one or two degrees. Right. You know, like it, it's it, it's crazy. Like I don't I don't know Wiz Khalifa, but I know people who know Wiz Khalifa. Right. So it's like I, I love the this connectedness of Pittsburgh's community. And the other thing is like um, in 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 L.A. I feel like it'd be a lot more difficult to be able to climb the ladder. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking to. Um, uh, David Fincher about this too because I yeah yeah I, I saw that that's that's <laughs> awesome anybody that don't know David Fincher I mean he does amazing movies <laughs> yeah he, he did um, Fight Club and Gone Girl and mm -hmm. he did Netflix series like uh, House of Cards and, mm -hmm. and uh, I love that Mind show Hunter yeah and I had not seen that many that much of his work like, uh, I have seen, uh, seen um, Gone Girl mm -hmm. but you know we were at the Ace Hotel and my friend said. Hey, that guy over there, is, this is my buddy Sam, who's in the cool club. Shout out to you, Sam. Uh, he said, that guy's dressed like a director. And I said, he is dressed like a director. Let me go tell him that. So I walk over, and I say, you're dressed just like a director. If you're not, 
you probably should be. You know, you should be a director. And you said this and, is the David Fincher. Yeah, I said this is David Fincher. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he just kind of laughed or whatever. He's like, he's like, I'm not actually. I'm not a director. And, like, he played play this game out for, uh, like, two whole minutes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I said, well, you're kind of just like, you know, Spike Lee or somebody. Uh, <laughs> he's like, as, as a matter of fact, I am a director. <laughs> 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 I directed a few things. I said, okay, what are some of the things that you directed? And he was like, oh, Fight Club. And blah, blah. I said, oh, you're a big deal. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then I was like, okay, cool. So I just kind of just started just talking to him, and I was just like, this is the kind of tattoo I want. <laughs> uh, something real casual. You know, something real casual. <laughs> I can't remember how we got into talking about tattoos, but I was just like, it just it just hit my mind. And I was like, you know, this is something that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like, this is what I'm thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I kind of want like a dragon tattoo. And I'm not even knowing that he directed Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, you know, I wanted to like start from my chest peck and come down to here. Um, I want it to be Japanese style, and this is what I want. And he's like, you don't want a tattoo. <laughs> I, said, right. I said, no. I said, no, I do. He said, no. He said, listen, he said, people constantly um, evolve, and tattoos stay the same. Right. And um, I was like, well, listen, I want a tattoo because I think it looks cool. I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, but what about when you're old? And I said. Who cares about what you look like when you're old? You know, uh, so we just kind of had like this back and forth going on, uh, and it was great because like, I got talked to him about it for 15 minutes just on that t- subject. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but he did teach me like something like really valuable about filmmaking because I, I had said to him, I said, um, you know, my philosophy uh, is if you if you're focusing on like the end result of anything, uh, that's 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 what allows you to work more hours than than um, you typically would mm-hmm. because it's like you're so passionate about seeing that actually happen that you're like okay well I can I can continue working on this at eleven o'clock at night one a.m. two a.m. Mm-hmm. you know it's like that's perfectly fine because you're so focused on that end result and uh, what he said to that is he said you know he agreed and he said you know when you look around at two a.m. He said, and you see your film crew and you see the exhausted faces and, you know, people are just, like, dead. He said, that's your film crew. Mm-hmm. Not the people who checked out early. Mm-hmm. So that, that's going to stick with me for a long time because that came from David Fincher, of all people. Right. <laughs> he's, he's highly experienced in this. Yeah. So he, I, I'm pretty sure he knows what he's talking about. Exactly. But, yeah, that, that's awesome. So whenever you did get into this process of, you know, putting out content consistently and documenting all these different things happening in the city of Pittsburgh, from, like, you know, the furries coming in town to doing the brewery and going to, you know, barbecue events and just all the different things that go on in the city of Pittsburgh, what, when, uh, whenever you first started, what were maybe some of the initial challenges that you faced in getting this started and posting on all these different social media channels, and how would you say you overcame those challenges? I love that question so much. And the reason why is because, like, there were barriers, and it's easy to forget some of them, mm-hmm. you know? And the thing is that it was, um, like, starting out, it was, like, social anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I went to online school, right? <clears throat> when you go to online school, it's very similar to homeschool. The only opportunities that you're going to get socially are the ones that you're proactive about and you try to make for yourself. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, it's not easy to have a camera in your face and you're talking to it in public when there's a lot of people around. Right. That's not easy. Yeah, not at know? all. It's easy 
after a certain point, if you turn on, like, if you do it enough times, that's when it becomes easier. And when you're interviewing people and you're on the spot and there's other people watching, that's not easy at all because you're like, well, if I ask a dumb question, I don't want to look stupid today. Right. You know, if I mess up my words, I, for some reason, messed up my words a lot growing up. So I was like, that stuck with me. And now I'm like, I don't want to do that. So what I, what I realized that the social anxiety was a barrier. Uh, the fear of, like, slipping up, you know, was a barrier. And the antidote was creating more stuff. Because the more you create, the more that's going to be less of a problem. The anxiety still comes up every once in a while. Um, but sometimes it's not there. And it's something that doesn't need to be fixated on either. You just kind of know you kind of know how the dance goes, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm I'm feeling much, much, much more confident than I did when I first started. You know, in the first video, it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what if this video sucks? Mm -hmm. I did all this for nothing, and now I'm just like, well, let's just create something and see what happens. You know, because something great can happen. Mm -hmm. I feel like that mindset can only happen if you're doing it enough times. Also, you see other people do it. Mm -hmm. So by watching Casey Neistat and everybody else, it's kind of like, well, they don't seem to have the same worries. So if I have these worries and they don't seem to have these worries and they're successful at what they're doing, maybe these worries aren't helping me. Mm. So I just kind of moved past those. Okay. Those, that's definitely a lot of good advice in there for sure. Uh, I would not have known that you struggle with that at all because from what I've seen, you do a lot of great work. You speak very clearly. You ask a lot of good questions. It looks like you walk, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like you randomly walk up to people and ask them questions. Uh, another video I think I saw was um, the Pittsburgh dating scene, and there was like a lot of different people featured in that, and you would ask them questions. What was that process like whenever you would be out and about doing your documentary or you're doing like a specific theme and you're asking people questions? What's that like when how, how are people um, engaging with that? Are people like, no, I don't want to be on camera or ask or anything, or how are people just responding to that? Yeah, I mean, I think what here's what I suspect. Um, if I continue shooting more Ask Pittsburgh episodes, which I've only shot three so far, uh, more and more people are going to be like, oh, I've seen this series. I'm going to, you know, I'll do this. Because mm -hmm. I've experienced that with my other videos. But um, starting out, like, people don't know what it is. They yeah. don't know who I am. I'm just one guy, and I'm with a camera. I'm holding it up. My arm's killing me. Mm -hmm. You know? So, so it's like just trying to get people to answer. Uh, so you, for every, like, one yes that you get for an interview, you, you're facing about 20 no's. Mm -hmm. So it's just a numbers game. I'm just out there all day. And it's like, okay, would you like to do an interview? Would you like to do an interview? Would you like to do an interview? No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, it's like, <laughs> yes, finally. Okay. And then um, uh, you get some really interesting responses depending on what the question is. And you have a lot of people who are... Like, they have a variety of excuses many times, and most of them seem really silly when you're, like, 
when you've already come out of your shell to a degree and you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be in front of the camera. It's kind of almost hard to relate when people are like, I don't want to be on camera. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's right, like, right. This is where the opportunity is because that's where the opportunity for me is. So, yeah. You know, it's like, it's almost unrelatable. Right. <laughs> so when people get shy, I'm just, I try to comfort them as much as possible. And then sometimes they're still reluctant. And then it's like, okay, well, they don't want to do the interview. On to the next one. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, but yeah, there's still a lot of hesitation. But I suspect that once people see what the theme of the show is, is going to be on a wider scale, that's when they're going to say, "Oh, Ask Pittsburgh." I've seen that. Yeah. You know, in, in my coffee shop, I've seen that at the bar. It's playing on the screen, or whatever. You know, it's like I want to be able to expand it even more, um, and also just make it more prevalent online as well. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's really just getting started. Every single episode that was produced so far has got a terrific amount of uh, engagement online, but also in person, because I had um, my my first film screening the other night, um, and that was at Pittsburgh Filmmakers. They they have a series called Film Kitchen. Shout out to you, Matt Day, for, um, for, uh, you know, having me be a part of it. It's a great experience. Um, And basically, uh, I played the Ask Pittsburgh dating scene episode, and, like, the engagement was different like you can you know like the people are just like cracking up and they're just like mm-hmm. all the things that I thought that they would be impacted by they were impacted by and I was like interesting mm-hmm. and, you know and then for some of the other videos that I had like they were they were they laughed at things that I didn't think that they were laughing I was like hmm I was like interesting you know and every crowd is different because like sometimes I'll show it to a classroom full of kids other times I'll show it to the that theater screening and like to see the different kind of engagement that's getting it's like really entertaining to me but Ask Pittsburgh is doing really well I feel like so I'm just gonna produce a lot more episodes of those in the in the next few months mm-hmm. uh, and I, I can't wait to see how how far we can take it yeah and that's awesome and, and it's definitely a, a great data to see how and it's also just a great experience just to see how people are responding to the things that you put out and and just being able to you know, just look at people, just enjoy it. it, it it's definitely a good feeling. Um, so with all the things that you do come out with and all the different, you know, with the Ask Pittsburgh, and uh, I think I recently saw you do like a pilot of doing maybe like a News Tuesday or something like that. How have you been coming up with maybe some of the different themes or ideas that you want to put out as maybe as far as content goes? And maybe what are maybe some other ideas that you may have in the future? Yeah, so like... Um Often it's like a gut feeling where it's just like, hmm, this seems like it would it would do really well. This seems like something that I'm capable of doing, and and I think the when you know your audience in a way, you start to understand. Okay, this is what they respond to. This is what they don't respond to. Mm-hmm. And um, with the case of News Tuesdays, like I produced the first episode so far, I got to produce a lot more for it to be like really impactful. And the thing is that uh, what I realized about myself is I don't like covering negative stories or like yeah just like because I feel like there's so much negativity in the world already mm-hmm. it's already it's already been told that story's been told mm-hmm. and I don't want to be the one to continue to perpetuate it mm-hmm. that makes me a newscaster that doesn't make me a independent content creator who's creative and you know focused on the community and it's like that's not the narrative I'm trying to go with mm-hmm. so what I noticed is like. There's a so I covered the first story, uh, which was Dave Crowley. He's still in recovery, um, and that a lot of people like love that video, and they're like, produce more, produce more. Uh, and then like I was like, 
the next day I was like looking through the different news stories and seeing okay well what what pops out to me what what doesn't and all of them the, all the top news stories were just all straight negative and the other ones were just kind of boring mm-hmm. so I'm like do I really want to continue doing this right if you, you know, want to like, keep moving forward with that keep moving forward with it and that was like the and I was like because every once in a while like maybe once a week there'll be something that's interesting that pops up um and maybe I just don't spend a lot of time in the news anyways for me to really want to continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I'm probably going to continue doing it. Awesome. Well, actually, I think that may lead into the great... So one of the things that I'm starting that's new is the question of the day. And I think based off what you just said, and, and we kind of went over this earlier, of uh, you know what would be something that would be really good for people to ask questions on, and one of the things I talked about was uh, a question that I actually received is somebody asking if they should move forward or if they should pull back, and I feel like some of the things that you said hinted at that a little bit, so let's kind of talk about that some more. So um, this is actually the very first question of the day that we're actually doing. This is kind of our little test pilot run. Um, this question actually came in from Craig and Zanna, actually a good friend of mine. Um, he says... How do you know when you're pushing hard enough or if you need to let off the gas or push harder? I'm interested to be I'm interested to hear what your answer to that would be. So since we kind of touched on that a little bit, let's, let's kind of, you know, dig into that a little bit more. When do you feel like, you know, based off of the stuff you're creating, when do you feel like you should push forward on an idea a little bit more? Or you're like, uh, maybe I should pull back. I hit it off. Uh immediately like the news tuesday was something that i literally came up with the day before i put it out uh i announced it and everything put my name on it you know and then like afterwards i was like you know maybe i don't want to continue producing those episodes or maybe what can i do to continue doing that but still have uh have my the creative freedom that i want to have with it and i think the answer is just like do it and then worry about the small details later um, although you can't do that with every project. Right. But I have a whole bunch of small projects. So when you have a whole bunch of small projects, you know, the little minor details don't always don't always hold so much weight over you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, I would say just create stuff, and then if you don't like it, don't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say for me, uh, Craig, so um, let's see. Whenever, put, as far as like pushing forward, um, I try to engage and just see how people are responding to it. If the response is good and the results from it are good uh, and I got a good feeling about it, I would say continue to push forward. But if people aren't responding, if people aren't engaging and it's something that I maybe believe in but other people may not believe in and the results say that you shouldn't be moving forward, maybe we shouldn't be moving forward because if and and also depending on how long you may be doing something i kind of gauge things off of maybe six months so if you're doing something for maybe six months or even longer let's say you know maybe even a year tops um if you've been doing something for a year and you still haven't seen the results maybe you should think about maybe adjusting some things maybe making some different changes or maybe cutting your losses altogether. but if it's moving in the right direction and you're seeing some growth 
definitely continue to move forward. So that would kind of be my answer, my perspective on that. So I think that was a, a, a good, cool thing that um, we're actually going to continue to try and perfect and see if actually this is something that we should even continue to do. So, you know, if you got questions, definitely ask some more. This is definitely something we want to continue to do well, some he more. Said. <laughs> I, th I think the reason why it's like such a great space um, for me personally is because it's like um, there are, I see a I see a lot of projects that have like tremendous potential, um, but the person isn't doing everything that is possible. Like maybe they have a lack of expertise in some area, mm -hmm. and it's like if they had just changed it just a little bit, you know, then it would be huge. Mm -hmm. And I see that so often. Or I see some people who just go off in the completely wrong direction, and I'm like. That doesn't make any sense at all. But they're not gonna find out that it's gonna be terrible until like six months in, a right. year in. And it's like, if only you could shortcut that and like have somebody. I think you know. I think what my my advice would be is like seek people who are way better than you, and then ask them what they think about it. Although that's a good that, way to get shot down. Yeah. Too, <laughs> hopefully you're in good. Hopefully you're in good with them. But no, that's definitely good. You know, just ask people who. I I know for me, I definitely find it valuable to have mentors and people who are in life where I want to be. So if they have already blazed the trail that I'm trying to walk down as well, asking them what they think about this or if am I going the right am I going in the right direction? Should I continue to move down this path? Or you know, and just kind of get in their insight based off their experience and just go from there. Yeah. And Craig, I'd say also like if you're if one one general rule in life is like don't don't Follow the advice of people you wouldn't trade places with. Mm. You know, because if you if you're willing to trade places with them, then listen to their advice because they got there. Right. You know, and if not, don't listen to them. So choose who you're listening to listening to carefully. Absolutely, that's some really good advice. That's good. That's good insight for sure. I, I like this concept. I think we're gonna do some more of these questions. <laughs> um, if you got questions, put them in the comments. Um, so uh, moving in forward a little bit more. Um, so where do you see yourself going with everything that you're doing in the future? And let's say the next two to five years. What's the big goal? What's the big picture you see this going? I love that question because I already had the answer for it. Okay. I've had people ask me it before. Uh, I plan on doing exactly what I'm doing now, except bigger. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bigger, more scaled up, more suited to the needs of the community. Um, finding finding ways that um, finding ways to be engaging, and 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 also that in a way that people still get value from it. You know, because it's like there's a lot of mindless entertainment. Mm -hmm. I want it to be like at least like helpful in, in when it comes to Pittsburgh's culture and you know tourism and like when people say Pittsburgh I want them to think of the video that they saw on YouTube and I want them to be good mm -hmm. absolutely well that's good stuff for sure and then um, so and one of the things that you also do I don't and I don't know if you want to do more of this is you actually had some speaking engagements before as well anything like that you see in the future do you want to do more of that do you want to maybe pull back I don't know what, what do you see that like in the future absolutely so I, I love um, I love public speaking um, I didn't initially like when it came to like middle school <laughs> you, know, mm -hmm. you know you gotta go up into front of the class and yeah something that you're not passionate about and you know also a lot of social anxiety back then too mm -hmm. uh, 
but now it's like it, it's it's easier to talk about things when you're excited about them, when you actually want to do something. Mm-hmm. And and since I'm already fired up about it, I'm like I might as well just talk to a whole bunch of people at once. That's mm-hmm. the most convenient way of like um, I think getting a message out is just like having a whole bunch of people crowd around you while you talk about it versus going each individual and then like the full picture not being able to be broadcast. So mm-hmm. I was like, public speaking is one of the things I had to get over and say, okay, well, I have to be able to do that. Otherwise, I could just forget everything that I'm doing right now because that's the this is there's a there's a certain amount of compromise you have to give. And it's like, if you want to be this successful, what do you have to be? What do you have to? Who's the person that you have to become? And the answer was for me, okay, you have to be okay with doing as many podcast episodes as possible. You have to be okay with doing interviews with the Post-Gazette. You have to be okay with doing public speaking engagements and, and going out and speaking to classrooms and everything else. So it's like, that's 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 what my compromise, compromises were. And I actually feel comfortable with the, the those decisions. Mm-hmm. So public speaking is awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Um, and also, one of the things that we had talked about earlier was um, your. You said you had some social anxiety and things like that. And one of the things that I would say has helped you tremendously is just being in front of the camera, being able to speak in front of the camera, and be comfortable with it, and also share yourself in an authentic way that people can connect and also relate to as well. Because for somebody that may be watching right now and also maybe want to get in front of the camera and do all these document uh, things and create videos and they hear your story of you having social anxiety that they may not have known about previously, if they feel the same way and they may look at you and say, man, if Willie can do it, I can do it too. So uh, I think that's definitely a really good message and just being able to share your story of how you've overcome that, I definitely feel like you're definitely on a great path. Continue to do what you're doing is definitely making an impact for sure. And that's exactly why I'm I'm saying everything that I am. Like it'd be super easy for me to say, no, I don't have social anxiety. That never comes up. Mm -hmm. I'm confident all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm always at 100. Right. (laughs) Where you at? Exactly. (laughs) But it's, it's more... It's more, um, I feel like it's easier to connect with people when they're being truthful. Mm-hmm. How can I expect people to be truthful in front of me when I'm interviewing them if I can't be truthful when I'm being interviewed mm-hmm. or when they're asking me questions? Mm-hmm. You know, So that's why it's like, okay, well, I might as well just say, this is, this is what's on top of my mind. Um, also, it makes it easy because, like, you always have, like, a solid story because you're always telling the truth. You right. Know? So, exactly. So you like, don't got to make something up. Exactly. And that's the reason, like, even with the newsletter that I launched recently, which you can subscribe to at PittsburghCool.club. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, like, we have, like, a link in the description. Oh, yeah. Shows. Oh, yeah. All that will be in there. <laughs> I, I'm going to take care of you. <laughs> cool, cool. So in the newsletter, like, even the the, the – um, the kind of the style of writing that I have is very much similar just to the way that I speak, mm-hmm. the way that I'm thinking, and it's also like very untraditional in this way because it's like um, if I'm, it's like you're talking to a neighbor, or you're talking to a friend, and they said, "Oh, well, you know, this is what I heard about the local coffee shop, or blah, blah blah." It may or not, may not be true, mm-hmm. but this is what I heard. You know, you're hearing something that is like it feels personal. And it's something that's honest, and it's from it's from Willie. They know they know who who's speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a a genuine way of like creating my brand. 
because I want to create it from myself outward mm-hmm. versus saying, oh, well, that's what worked for other people. I'm going to copy that. And then it's like, it's better to just own your own story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I totally agree with that 100%. You yourself definitely come through in the work that you're doing. And as it continues to expand, and based off the newsletter and things like that, and some of the things that I've seen you write in your post, it's almost as if when you're reading it, you can hear, like, that's Willie James. Or, it, like, I, I, like it's almost like if somebody, it, it, would, it would be almost like if you wrote somebody wrote something and we didn't know who wrote it and we read it, it'd be like, that sounds like Willie James. <laughs> like, yeah, Willie James is right there. It's like, that's what it feels like. Um, and uh, I, I think you definitely do the, a great job of that. So definitely kudos to you. I appreciate you saying that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you have your own unique voice. And like I said, it, it truly, like from the way you edit, from the way you put specific things in, like you can tell like that's your style. Um, and it comes off very authentic, comes off very genuine. Um, that's why I like a lot of things that you do because not a lot of people do it the way you do it. So uh, it's definitely good for sure. Um, as we get closer to wrapping up, um, where would be the best place for people to connect with you? And if they want to chat or if they had questions, where would the best place for people to connect with you? I'd say the best place for people to connect with me is pittsburghcool.club. Um, that is the URL. Mm-hmm. It's unique, it's different, and that's going to be where you can subscribe to the newsletter and you can shoot me an email. And you can join the Facebook group. I made sure all that is just right there on that page. Um, and hopefully you get to you know learn more about the neighborhood, connect with the culture. Um, you're going to get to see Anthony Freeze on my next newsletter, which oh, is yeah. dropping in one hour, but you're not <laughs> going to see that. If you go into the archive of the blog post, you'll be able to see that. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can connect with me or my Facebook page. So on my Facebook page, I'm just Willie James. It's Willie with a Y. So like Willie Wonka, Willie James. <laughs> And uh, on Instagram, I'm Willie James underscore. Underscore is at the end. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, that's good stuff. And then lastly, what is a 24-hour challenge that you would propose to the audience that they can actually take action on within the next 24 hours? Because you laid down a lot of good information as far as overcoming some of your fears, getting comfortable in front of the camera. Maybe it can be, you know, picking up a camera if somebody wants to get out there and document, whatever, maybe maybe a tip or whatever it may be. What's a good challenge that you would propose to the audience? Hmm. That idea that you've had in your head that you've been thinking about, I want you to put it down on paper. Uh, If you already have it down on paper, I want you to take the next step that's required for you to, 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 to actually accomplish that specific goal. Because they say if, if you don't have the idea that's written on paper, it's, it's, not a, it's not a goal, it's just a dream. And you wanna, be, you wanna have goals. You don't wanna have things that are just like floating out there in the ether. Because a lot of people have ideas. You wanna, have some, you wanna actually have accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show. I definitely appreciate the conversation. Definitely got a lot out of this for sure. Um, for myself personally, I definitely added a, va- a lot of value to me. Hope it added a lot of value to the people watching right now. And, you know, for the people that may not have known about you beforehand, hopefully they definitely 
um, connect with you on your uh, Cool Club um, newsletter and maybe they check out your YouTube channel and definitely all the things that you're doing. Like I said, you're definitely doing a lot of great things. So I definitely appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, I appreciate that. And keep in mind, the Cool Club is something that I want you to be a part of. Like, Anthony, I want you to be a part of the Cool Club. Yeah, yeah, I'm a part of it. (laughs) Okay. I want you to be a part of the Cool Club because the Cool Club, to me, is like, to be cool is to be authentic. It means to be yourself. And I want to spread that. It's like a movement. So to be a part of the Cool Club means that you're part of a group of people who all, they're all really cool. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's awesome. No no pun intended. Or maybe it was. Um, but no, that's awesome. So, yeah. So now that we know what Willie does with his 24 hours, we definitely want to know what you do with your 24 hours. Definitely make sure you comment down below if you got any questions at all for either me or Willie. Or if you accepted that 24-hour challenge, let us know how that goes for you. If you do write down that goal, take a picture of it, put it up on Instagram, use the hashtag 24 Hustle so we can check it out. Definitely, we want to connect, we want to engage with you as well, and just so we can get this community building up some more. So definitely make sure you share this video, like it, subscribe, and we will see you on the next episode.